Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Hold Up, Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole. And on today's episode, it's going to be a little bit lengthy. It's going to be very heavy, a little in depth. And I decided to add structure to today's video. Video, what am I saying? Audio. (laughs) So I missed last Monday. And a lot of it was because I just felt overwhelmed, frustrated about a lot of different things. And instead of just coming up with a topic that I don't feel passionate about talking about, I figured I'd just talk about this. And so when I was writing down more or less the points I wanted to bring up on today's episode, I was thinking of titles and I'm like, well, everything I want to talk about is basically what I would talk about in in a therapy session. And I guess I'm just going to pretend like you listening are my therapist. And I'm just going to vent. And that's just what today's episode is going to be. I'm praying that it's not going to be extremely long. I don't want it to be too long. But I am going to talk about different topics. And I'm going to go in order because normally in a therapy session, I just go into different tangents, like I'll bring up one thing, and then it'll trigger a memory for something else. And then I'll talk about that other thing. And it's hard for me to circle back to the point I was bringing up the first time because I'm just filled with emotion. Now I'm not going to get like so heavy where I'm going to talk about childhood trauma, like let's relax. It's early in the morning. Um, But I did want to be honest about the things I am kind of going through. And a lot of the things I'm going to bring up is very much on the surface. So, you know, I don't want you thinking like, oh, my God, she's going to spill the tea. But I'm going to be honest about what's been going on in my mind and things I've been kind of going through and how it's been affecting me. And at the end of the day, you know, this is a safe space. I always say that about everyone who's listening. And I just want to feel the same in return. So I hope that you listening is like, okay, like, I hope you're doing fine. I hope that you know, you listening to me rant kind of helps you escape from whatever things that are kind of occupying your mind. So overall, I just hope you enjoy the episode. So let's get into it. All right, so the topics I wanted to talk about on today's episode have to do with family money and content creating. So I'll just begin with family. Okay, family. I want to talk about my dad. I love my dad. My dad is everything to me. A little bit of a backstory. I feel like I always say it, but I never know if I have new listeners. So I always try to give some context. So I apologize if you already know this information, but just bear with me. My dad, so I'm from New York and my parents met in New York. They met, my mom used to work at a restaurant. She was a server or my dad was a regular. They met, fell in love had me got married were married for a few years and unfortunately got divorced now my dad is from the Dominican Republic right now he lives in Dominican Republic fast forward 15 years ago my mom decided to move to Florida my dad decided to move to or move back to the Dominican Republic at the time he was due for renewing his green card and never did he let it expire so now 15 years later He wants to reapply for, I guess, like a visa to come visit the the States. But in order to do that, he has to start the process all over again. He just can't renew it. Now, I don't know if any of my listeners have family that like lives like in a foreign country. um, But, you know, the process of trying to get a family member 
to apply for a visa to come to the United States is a very long process. It's a very expensive process. And, you know, it sucks because for years I always try to get my dad to come back to the U.S., whether it was to apply for his passport or to apply for a visa. But, you know, it's just something that he never really got around to doing. And up until recently, like, you know, he's been really adamant. He's like, you know, I really want to come back. Like, this is what I want to do. And I'm obviously so for it. Given that I'm his daughter and I am a citizen, the process is easy. I wouldn't say easy, but in order for this process to really work, he would need a sponsor, which obviously I have no problem being for my father because that is my father. I love my father. Of course, I'll be his sponsor. So doing that requires a lot of paperwork. Because I've been so distracted with everything I'm going through, like with work and just other things that kind of takes my attention, my dad being in Dominican Republic, I don't want to say he's been a little impatient, but you know, he's like, hey, paperwork, let's get it done. I'm trying to be out there. I don't know how long this process is going to take. And I understand his side of the the other end of it, right? Because he's out there and he wants to be over here and I want him to be over here. So obviously doing this paperwork to get him to come to the States would be or should be top priority. But it gets hard, you know, because when I have work and when I have relationship stuff and when I have other family dramas and, you know, I feel like I'm being pulled from different parts of, you know, my life, it's hard to just like sit down in front of a computer and just commit to two hours of paperwork, you know, because it's a lot of answering questions that you want to make sure you're answering correctly because this is government stuff. You know, the wrong question could lead to consequences that I don't want any of us to have to pay. And maybe I'm just scared or overthinking it, but this is way this is the way my brain works. And having to find like birth certificates, social security, like it's so the paperwork, the process is very much in depth and it's time you really have to commit. And I just haven't found the time to commit to that because of all the things that take up my mind space. So there was like a moment in these past few weeks where my dad was like incredibly upset with me and just fighting with me because he just felt like, I guess maybe that I didn't care or that I didn't want to do the favor or that I was having second guesses or second thoughts on doing this for him. But that would never be the case. Like there is nothing more than, you know, me wanting my dad to be here. Like my dad being in Dominican Republic, he missed out on watching me graduate high school. He missed out helping me move into my first apartment. He has yet to meet my boyfriend that I've been with for the past five years. You know, he missed out on scaring away all the high school boyfriends and, you know, being there for heartbreak whenever a boy broke my heart. You know, like there's a lot of things that he wasn't there for and I've never punished him for it. Like I would never do that. You know what I'm saying? Like because it's been hard on him, too. But it's like 15 years later, we're finally, you know, getting the ball rolling on trying to get him here. And, it, you know, and where I'm what I'm going through right now in my life. It's just it's hard. It's hard. And I know I'm saying a lot, but not saying much. It's just I'm also trying to respect everyone else's privacy. At the same time, I'm just trying to, like, express what I'm feeling here on out. It's funny because I'm like, I'm going to pretend you're my therapist, but obviously my therapist would know more information than what I'm giving out in this moment. 
But I know my family listens to my podcast. So it's kind of like I'm just trying to respect those boundaries. Um, But yeah, just you could just assume that like going through it and just having to it's just like one more thing I have to do. And it doesn't make it any easier when my dad is upset with me because I'm not doing it right now. And I remember I had a boyfriend back in the day where his father was in Brazil and it was like every other day his father was calling him, calling him, calling him, trying to figure out what was the process looking like, you know, what was the update on trying to get him to come to the States. And I remember that used to take a toll on him because it's like, yo, like I have work. I have all these other things I have to worry about. Like I can't just sit down in front of a computer and sit down on my phone and make all these phone calls. Like I have all this stuff to worry about. So I remember like just seeing what he went through and I can see, I now understand the frustration because I'm sort of going through that now. So even though I'm not saying much, if you are a person that has family that like lives like in a different country and they're asking you to help them get paperwork done to try to get them back to the States. I think that if you are someone that has experienced that, I hope can understand and relate to what I'm talking about because it's hard and it's just being pulled from different directions can get really frustrating. And then it's painful too, right? Because it's like they get impatient And it's just like, yeah, I get it. I've been waiting 15 years too. You know what I'm saying? But it's expensive and it's hard. And, you know, the paperwork has been done. (laughs) Everything's been processed. Now it's just a waiting game, waiting until, you know, the USIC, I think those are the abbreviations. It's just like the immigration service, whatever. It's just basically waiting for them to process the application and, hope that they're not going to request for an immigration lawyer because then that will cost more money. I graduate college finally next um, next spring. So like basically a year from now, kind of. Um, and I would love for my dad to witness me graduate college. So I'm just hoping that this process doesn't take too long. I don't know. This is the first time I'm doing it. So if you're someone who's been through this, please reach out to me and let me know what it looks like just so I know what to expect. But Yeah, just kind of going through that has been kind of straining on my mental health because, you know, having my dad be upset with me over things I can't control has been also really hard. But, you know, we're at a better place now. I was able to finally do the application. And like I said, it's just a waiting game. So hopefully that works itself out. Okay, now talking about like money. So... I work at a restaurant. I work at Disney Springs and I love my job. I love my job. Okay. I mean, I feel like for so many years working in the hospitality industry, I've always tried to find ways to kind of run away from it, try to escape it. And now I've come to a place where I've now just like leaned into it, you know, as far as like accepting that maybe the hospitality industry is just where I fit best in. You know, the idea of like sitting in an office and working for corporate does not really sit well with me anymore because it's like I'm so used to socializing, being on my feet, kind of making up my own hours in the sense that if I want to work Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays, I can do that. Or if I decide to change my availability and only want to work weekends, I have the freedom to do so. I wouldn't have that kind of freedom working anywhere else, you know. So I've sort of come to this place of like acceptance and which is why I've also 
finally been able to be grateful for my job and even be better at it now because I've leaned into it. Before, I was not the greatest server. I sucked as a surfer because I didn't like it. And now I've sort of like accepted it. And now I feel like I'm a great server now. And it reflects on my tips. It reflects in the way that my managers treat me and, you know, the seniority that I have. Like, I'm very grateful for it, right? But right now, my job is going through like slow season, which basically means that, you know, people aren't coming in. So I'm not getting enough shifts. And then the people that have been coming in, you know, it's just it's not a lot like the volume is not high, which means like, it's just not as busy. So because I'm a server, and I work based on tips, the money just hasn't been the same. It just hasn't. Shifts that I can easily make $300, $400 a shift, I'm not, I'm making like a third of that, you know? And that's been like stressful because I really wanted to have a fabulous summer vacation before starting my semester. And it just, I just had to come to terms with the fact that it's not going to be that way. And even putting that to the side, I've been able to luckily pay my bills on time. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, having that extra money to pay off my credit cards faster. I haven't been able to kind of have that luxury. And so that's been really stressful on me because I mean, I had debt from when I went to Italy and I was, you know, and I already paid off my ticket. Like, I don't know if you've heard my podcast episode of how much I spent on my trip to Italy. I kind of like explain how I use some like credit companies, like credit card companies to pay off my loan. So for example, like when I went to Italy, I used a firm, which is like this online credit card, I guess, that offers like credit lines to different stores. So I had a credit line with Delta. So I was able to book my trip through this account and then I would pay it off within payments. But what I like to do is pay it off fast so that I get approved more money so that I could book more future trips. Now, I was able to pay that off already. And JetBlue um, gave me or basically pre-qualified me for or no, not pre. They did. They qualified me for $2,500 on a JetBlue credit line. So right now, right now, I basically have $2,500 worth credit worth to book a flight so if I want to go to fucking Greece right now I can literally book a flight to go to Greece right now because that is how expensive those trips are but realistically I still can't afford it because to book a hotel and an Airbnb and spending money and vacation outfits and all that extra stuff that would require to book for a trip, that that part I can't afford because I'm not making enough cash. So it sucks because, you know, it's like, you know, I'm making just enough to pay my bills and just enough to pay off these loans. You know, I mean, I still have my credit cards to pay off still, you know. I mean, I feel better knowing that I paid off that loan because obviously, you know, I got to prove more money and, you know, that's still in good standing. But I still can't afford, I cannot afford to do anything else. And I hate feeling limited, you know, and it's, and it just sucks, you know, and it kind of ties in to things that I think about being in the service industry, like just being a server in general. Because you see, I'm in school for business management, right? But I don't really know what kind of job I want once I graduate, and I'm, I'll be graduating next year. 
And that's the point of going to college, right? I mean, granted, yeah, it's to have a higher education, but it's also to have better opportunities in the workforce. Because as much as I love the freedom of serving, it's not like the best job in the world to have in the sense that you don't have a 401k, you don't really have the best health insurance. If not, you probably don't even have health insurance. You know, you're not working towards anything unless you are putting it away yourself. You know, like I could have a 401k. It would be expensive because I would be doing it through like a third party. And that's money that I'll be removing from my income now to put aside. It's all about sacrifices, sacrifices I have not made because the money that I make, I spend. And those are the pros and cons, right? Because I make all this great money and I spend it on these vacations and I spend it on beautiful things. But ultimately, in the long run, it doesn't really serve me because I won't ever be able to retire. I don't I rent. I don't own you know, I'm not putting this money away in savings or in a 401k or for any kind of future benefit for retirement. I'm not. I make all this great money and I spend it. And obviously, at the end of the day, that comes down to a choice. But this is what it's like working in the service industry. At the same time, I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one, you know. So it gets kind of tricky because, you know, in times like this, when it's slow season, I start to really reevaluate the choices I'm making right now. Because when it's busy season, I'm on top of the world, you know, it's YOLO, it's you only live once, it's I'm spending this money, and I don't care, like, I'm, I'm never going to be this age again, I'm never going to have these, uh, these opportunities again, because the moment I, you know, actually join the workforce, and I work a nine to five, or I work for corporate America, this kind of freedom will not exist. When I have kids, this won't exist. I mean, it could, but it will be, it'll be more difficult, you know, and that's like another thing. What if when I do have kids, like, I spiral, okay, this is why I drink a lot of wine, I spiral. And so, Moments like this is when I think like, okay, well, ultimately, what do you want? Because yes, I have my YouTube. Yes, I have my podcast. But like, ultimately, like, what's the backup plan? What if this doesn't take off the way I want it to? What if it does, but it doesn't look like how I want it to look like? You know, like, what happens then? Do you see yourself doing this in your 50s and your 60s? Like, this is hard work, you know, and I'm going to be 30 this year. I'm going to be 30 in a few months. And I know that 30 is not old. I refuse to believe that it is. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm still going, I'm still getting older. You know, like the choices I make now are basically vital. So I think like, okay, well, what can I do? So I start thinking about the bigger picture. Now, something that I've always wanted to do is own my own coffee shop. That's actually something that I've always wanted. People that have known me for years know that I have this business idea that I would love to own my own coffee shop. But now being in the industry, as long as I've been in it, I realize, you know, my mind has changed. I get new ideas every day. I write them down. Everything inspires me. I just, I get excited about the little things. And I know that for a fact, I want to open my own restaurant. I'm not a chef. Yes, I love to cook, but, you know, I don't see myself opening a restaurant and being the head chef. No, I see myself running a restaurant. Again, I've been in the hospitality industry for so long. I to this to this point, I don't really see myself doing anything else because I'm so accustomed to it now. But ultimately, I do want to own my own restaurant. I have a business proposal. I have a mood board. I've been meeting with people to kind of get some advice. I'm 
in search of a mentor right now. I'm taking notes. I'm in school for business management. Some of the classes I'm taking next semester has everything to do with starting a business. So I'm really excited for next semester. I feel like it's going to be the best one yet where I'm going to learn the most. I've read so many books on leadership and how to start a business and networking and marketing. And again, I've been in the industry for 15 years. I feel extremely qualified to do so. But then I think like, okay, well, I know how to run front of the house, which means in restaurant lingo, when you say front of the house, you mean like on the floor. So like people that bartend, host, manage, serve, you know, front of the house is basically the front part of the restaurant. What you see when you walk in back of the house is like kitchen, right? So like dishwashing, food prep, admin stuff, which I do have experience in to some degree. I, when I worked for Disney, um, I did expo, I did line cook, I did food prep, I even did dish. I was a dishwasher for half a shift. So I do have experience somewhat in back of the house. However, I don't have any experience as far as like supervising, schedule making, you know, running an actual floor with a key card like other managers do. And I will never dare and say that it that it's easy or that I can do it. I know that I'm qualified to do it, but I've never actually done it. So now I'm at a place where it's like, okay, Nicole, well, if you want to own a restaurant, maybe you should become a manager. But now becoming a manager at a restaurant, given that I'm going to school for business management, makes me more than qualified. But now I'm just thinking like, okay, that's a big sacrifice to step away from serving to become a manager. Like that freedom I have right now, I won't have that anymore. The quick money I'll be making, that won't exist anymore. Because You see, as a server, I clock in, I do my job, I do my side work, and then I clock out. And that money is in my pocket and I get to live my life. When I'm a manager, sure, I clock in and I clock out, but I still have problems to solve when I go back to work. You know, it's more challenging in that sense rather than the physical part of it. Managing, there's definitely physical stuff. But not as much as a server, because you see the server, you know, you're serving tables with managing, you're managing everything. It's more like mental. And the, the, the job itself doesn't, doesn't like scare me. I think it's just the bigger sacrifice I'll be making. You know, that's the part where I get stuck on. And then I, that's when I spiral again, because it's like, okay, well, would this be the right move? What if I would give it another year? What if I give it another two years, you know? But then it's like, okay, let me stop. That's when it comes to serving in business management in my school, right? I'm going to kind of transition into the content creating part. Let's talk about that for now, right now, okay? So podcast and YouTube, I love doing it. It's a creative outlet for me. It's freedom that I get to have again, because of my job. And, you know, it's fun for me because I have this freedom to do fun things and to document it and to talk about it, you know, and that's, that's cool, right? But I also can't lie and admit too low key that I would love for something more to come from it. And I know that it takes hard work. And I know that it takes time, especially now that everyone has a podcast and everyone has a YouTube channel, you know, but A part of me was like, you know, I don't want this to just go in vain. I really truthfully want something more to come from it. So given that I, you know, I'm serving and there is space to have a second job, I've been also looking at jobs that maybe I can 
apply to like in radio, trying to see maybe there are certain brands I can reach out to and maybe like make some connections with that and see if I can like work out a sponsorship with them or just to try to make money. You know, I, I, I try to hustle as much as I can. So a few months ago, I applied for a few or I applied to a few uh, radio stations, one of them being iHeartRadio. And I remember when I applied to iHeartRadio, there was like a few positions available, but all of them were basically like on the surface roles. Like there were just like one was for like a DJ. The other one was like an on air personality. The other one was for um, like a promotions assistant, like all of it. And then like the requirements were just like, oh, if you have experience in like radio, if you have experience in this, like if you have experience in journalism, like, you know, some things like that. It wasn't like too specific. It was just kind of like, this is what we're looking for. You know, maybe you qualify, apply now. And I did. And about a few weeks ago, I finally got an email back uh, for the promotions assistance role. But it seemed like the position would be for the Zumba radio, which Zumba 100.3 is like the Spanish radio station in Orlando. So they reached out to me and they said, hey, we pulled your application. Um, you seem like a great fit. You know, if you want to set up an interview, you know, these are the time slots that are available. Uh, but you must speak Spanish fluently. And like, that was like really annoying to me because it's like when I applied for the position, like it never said anything about needing to speak a certain language fluently, which obviously, you know, we're getting into that age where speaking Spanish is going to be a requirement for a lot of positions because there's a lot of Spanish speakers out there. I mean, it's bad enough that I'm Hispanic and I don't speak Spanish, you know, but I would know better than to apply for a job that I knew I wasn't 100% qualified for. Like I would never apply to a job that required Spanish fluent speakers if I knew damn well I did not speak Spanish fluently, you know, but because it was still an opportunity to work for the radio station. I was like, fuck it. This is my my end. Like, I don't care. Da, 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 da. So I ended up responding to the email and I was like, listen, like, I know that I will be a great fit for this role. Um, you know, and I will do my best to learn Spanish as best as possible, you know, just so I could work. They ended up responding and they were just like, you know, well, yeah, that's fine. Like, you know, we'll set up this interview for this day. It'll be virtual. Da, 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 da. And I was like happy and excited about it. And I even like tried to search up the job description to kind of refresh my memory as to what was required for that role. And I just did it so that I can pick up on some keywords so that when I go into this interview, I can say the things I know they need to hear. Um, and when I was like reading into the role, like the way they made it seem like on the advertisement was like more of like a marketing, you know, like for the radio station, speaking about what they offered, da da da. Like they never really talked about the physical parts of the role. They just kind of, it just, honestly, my perception of it was like a marketing assistant. So in my brain, I was thinking, oh, like I'll be in the radio station, I guess just doing like back end work, like helping edit, helping file, helping organize certain things or events. Um, it like, even like in the job description, it was like, must do well around famous people. So I'm thinking like, oh, I'm definitely going to be in the radio station, like physically in the station. So maybe like if they have like an artist coming in, like, am I going to be okay? And in my head, I was like, obviously, I'll be fine. Like it's a radio station. I'm not that familiar with a lot of Spanish artists. So this would be perfect. Because if anybody walks in, I'm gonna just be like super normal, like, because I don't really listen to that many Spanish artists. I mean, I listen to Becky G. I listen to Bad Bunny. I do know Anuel. I know Carol G. I mean, I know Aventura, Romeo. Like, I know some of the, obviously, the more famous ones. But, like, anybody, but like, on the other surface of, like, Spanish artists, I don't, 
I'm not that familiar with, you know, my boyfriend is mainly, but I'm not. So I felt like, you know, I'm going to sell myself. It's going to be great. I have this virtual interview and it's just like the questions they were asking was so generic. It was like, name your top three art favorite artists. If you were stuck on an island, what three things would you have with you? If you want, if you were to win the lottery, what would you, what would you spend it on? What are your goals for the next five years? You know, and it's just like very generic, basic questions, like not challenging questions at all. Then there was like a moment where the interviewer was like, um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. So anytime somebody asks me that, like in an interview, I always try to intertwine the best qualities of myself and how they apply to like the role I'm applying to. So for example, like when she was like, okay, like, tell me about yourself. I was like, oh, you know, so like I go to Rollins College, I'm studying business management, I work in the hospitality industry. So I'm like very social, I like work well in high paced environments, like, I do well under pressure, like, da da da. like, I try to intertwine, like, you know, my role and something about me and how it benefits me working for you if you choose to hire me. And so then I started bringing up the fact that I had a podcast and so that I had experience with like editing audio and like microphone equipment. And literally as I'm like talking about myself and I'm answering her fucking question, damn it, I said her, (laughs) the interviewer, well, you know, it's a female. She was like, she was like, okay, yeah, but you're not going to be in the station though like this job, like you have nothing to do with like the on air personalities, like that's completely separate. What you're doing is completely different. So at first, I was like kind of taken aback from that because it's like maybe she just didn't want me to get too excited thinking that I was actually going to be like working inside of the station with the other with the other people. And it's like, I knew that wasn't the role that I was applying to or applying for. But it's like, you asked me something about me and I'm telling you and you're cutting me off. I don't know. Like, it just felt like she was just jumping the gun right away. But I just, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, no, no, no. I completely understand. Um, you know, I'm just telling you a little bit about me and what I know how to do. And she's like, right, right. Yeah. But just, this is not what that is. And I'm like, okay, sure. You know? And then she started like asking me other questions. Like, I don't know. Like the vibes were so fucking weird. And then, um, she started talking about the role and basically what the job was, was like, uh, like, you know how, like when you go to festivals or like parades and you see like, they have like booths of like different, um, like companies. And sometimes they'll like spin the wheel for a prize or pass out brochures or pamphlets or free keychains and pens. And, Oh, put down your email. If you want to join our mailing list, you know, like just like shit like that. Literally, that is the job I was applying for. Promotions assistants would basically be the people that run those booths for like events. And it's part time because they would only call me for events. And those events would only happen maybe like two to four times of the month. And, you know, and even though like it wasn't ideal, and it wasn't what I thought the role was, I still tried my best to sell myself. And she kept using like random things that had not like she kept saying random things that she thought was going to be a factor that wasn't going to be a factor. Like she was saying like, oh, like, where do you live? And like I kind of told her where and she's like, oh, but that's like really far from our office. 
And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I have a car and, you know, I-4 has an expressway, which is like our main highway has like an expressway. So I can literally get from where I live to the other side of Orlando in like literally 25 minutes before it would take like a whole ass hour. Now it's like basically half the time. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, there's the expressway. I have e-pass, like I have a car, you know, she's like, yeah, yeah, but I don't know, like you have another job, right? And I'm like, yeah, I have another job. But the good thing about my other job is that it's super flexible. And, you know, I only work these amount of days. And luckily, because it's in the service industry, like I can give up shifts pretty easily. Like I have the time to do it. And she's like, yeah, well, the the hours are going to be from like 12 to 4 p.m., like 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. And like, aren't you going to be like tired? And I'm like, no, I work long shifts at my other job. Like I've worked 14 hour shifts doing a lot of physical labor. I work for Disney, like, and I do it with a big smile on my face. Like, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I will have the stamina to do my best. Like, like, even though like the job itself still didn't seem right. And I was getting a lot of red flags from this person. I was still trying to sell myself. And then towards the end, like, she was just like, okay, well, I guess, well, oh, wait, do you have any questions for me? And like I had a few questions for her, but it seemed like all the questions I was asking her, she was like dumbfounded about it. I'm like, oh, so like how would the schedule look like? And are there any benefits that are offered, you know, with the role? Like, you know, is there um, like promotion opportunities? Like, will I be able to apply for like other positions or like within the company? Or, well, is there any like room for like um, promoting? And she's just like, I mean, if you want to apply for a different position I mean you could just go back on the website and apply to them like she was just so like uh I don't know like thinking back on the interview just is so fucking cringe and I was and I didn't even know if I wanted to talk about the interview because I didn't want it to like come back to me and like it bite me in the ass but like that was like really disappointing she never called me I didn't get the job honestly I didn't even I didn't I don't want it so I'm not even upset about it but just like I don't fucking know. And then it's just like, I don't know, like my podcast files like fucking up. Like I had all this hard work and all these episodes I had saved and ready to get put out. And it's just like all these setbacks. And then like my camera I was using to vlog ended up fucking up. And like I have recorded all this content. And when I went to upload it to edit, like half of the files didn't exist. They either like cut off after 30 seconds or had no audio or like a clip that was like four minutes long would just be like a frozen image. Like all of this content for YouTube, I also recorded on my camera just completely just basically vanished and doesn't work now. So now it's like, I'm going to have to upgrade my camera. And like the camera that I want is like over $600. And then it's like circling back to work and money and not making enough money. So then I just feel like, I don't know, like I've just had all these like little setbacks. And then I've just felt like really defeated because I'm like, trying to find ways to like make something from it. And it's not working. And it just kind of put me in a rut. And then it's like, family stuff, money, work, not knowing what's the right path to take and what's the thing to do. And I've spiraled and it's just hasn't been, it hasn't been great. And that's just kind of what I've been going through. And that's why I missed last Monday. (laughs) And yeah, that's it. That's basically it. That's it. So I guess in conclusion, I just needed like a break from it. And I took like two days where I just like didn't do anything like I tried not to think about anything like I didn't read any books I mean I cooked 
and I gossiped with my sister, which felt nice. And, you know, my boyfriend spent the night tonight or last night, you know, but it's just like all I did lately has just been watching Stranger Things and drinking wine and eating pasta. And I know like in theory, that sounds great. But even doing that makes me feel like shit because I just think about all the things I should be doing. And because I'm not doing that, it makes me feel worse. But then when I start doing what I feel like I should be doing, I like kind of lose the motivation to do it. Because then I remember all the things that bother me. And then it just makes me feel like it's not even worth doing. Like I don't want to do it if I feel this way. Because then it's not going to come out right. And then it becomes like this cycle. And yeah, that's just kind of like what I've been going through. But if I can bring closure to the episode and my feelings and just so that I'm not leaving myself and everyone who's listening stressed out, (laughs) I just had to come to a place of realization and just tell myself like, this is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. You know, and I could either choose to do this for fun and do it when I feel like it, or I can treat it like a job and just persevere, I guess, and just work through it. You know, like it's not going to be easy. And if it was, everyone would do it. And things like this are going to happen. And this is the time where I need to choose whether I give up or I keep going you know, and this is why people give up on podcasting and YouTube, they're so consistent, and then they fall off, because they get, you know, they have these setbacks, and it makes them feel like unmotivated, and it just like it discourages them, disencourage, discourages, discourages them, and then they stop. And I don't want that to happen to me. So it's okay to take breaks, but I just have to keep going. Which is why this podcast is probably an hour long. So I am sorry if it is. But that's just kind of like where my mind space is at lately. So mental health has been like a seven. And I refuse for it to go any lower because that's when I try to remind myself of like the positive things. You know, like everyone is healthy. No one's dying, you know. And, you know, these are just setbacks. You know, like it's fine. There are always alternatives. So the alternative is for now, I'm just going to be honest on my podcast and I'm just going to let it out. I'm going to treat this like a therapy session and just put it out to the universe, accept that it's happened and now just choose to do different now, you know, come up with a different system, save money to buy a new camera. In the meantime, I'll just have to use my cell phone for vlogging, which is kind of annoying, but whatever, we'll get through it. And... When it comes to work and, you know, I just have to keep going. I have to keep applying to new jobs and I just have to come up with a game plan and start to manifest the kind of life that I want, make a new vision board, keep making connections, keep marketing, keep networking. And, you know, when it comes to wanting to open up my own restaurant, I just have to just do it because I feel that if I focus on maybe let's say working as a manager, if I have to come to that, I'm just going to have to set deadlines. Like, you know what, you have six months. After that, be a manager for another six months. And then after that, once you feel like you've gained enough experience, make that business proposal, apply to those business loans, try to find investors and just fucking do it. And keep podcasting and vlogging because it's fun. 
you know, and if it doesn't feel fun anymore, then I stop. Ultimately, I don't want it to stop. But I also don't want to feel like I'm doing it for nothing, you know. So as long as it's continuously bringing me joy, then great. If not, then I'll have to do something else. But, you know, I don't have all the answers. I do have to go back to therapy, though, because your girl has not been feeling like herself lately because of all the things that are happening. But, you know, I'll figure it out. But yeah, my friends, this is as honest as it's going to get. I love you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry about last Monday. I'm just going to have to like sit my ass down and record like a mass amount of episodes so that I can have set up for the next few weeks so that things like that don't happen. But other than that, new episodes every Mondays. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nicole Asef and at Hold Up Let Me Explain, where just my Instagram for my podcast and kind of low key for my YouTube. And if you didn't know, I do have a YouTube channel. I was recording podcast episodes for my YouTube channel, but they weren't really getting a lot of views. And I think like my vlogging content was getting more views. So just so that I don't overwhelm myself, I'm just going to keep it separate. So my podcast, you'll just hear here on podcast platforms. And then if you just want to see me in action, vlogging and on YouTube, that'll just be separate content. But I'll always remind you to check out both. Thank you again. And I'll see you next time.